Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan. I am your host, Virginia Pradhan. I'm so grateful for your comments and your suggestions and your desire to um, make sure that you live a life of courage, a life of significance and success. And today we have a very, very special guest that will help us understand what living a life of success and courage and significance means. Um, he is returning to our podcast. His name is Scott Edelman, uh, a foreign, a foreign service officer retired and um, with the United States Department of State. I have to say that I met Scott many, many years ago in Romania when he started, if I am right, he started his work with the United States Department of State at, um, at uh, the embassy of the United States in uh, in. Uh, Romania, and from there he um, went to several, several other other places. In fact, um, I'm just going to read a little bit from your uh, resume, Scott. Um, Mrs. Scott Edelman is retired from the United States Foreign Service Diplomatic Corps within the United States Department of State in 2015, following 35 years of service largely focused on the Middle East and intelligence analysis. Scott, thank you so very much for returning to our podcast. Please uh, introduce yourself and tell um, our audience and our view viewers um, everything that you think it's important about your work in the Middle East, your work in the Department of State, and also your work right now as as an American citizen, as a Jewish person, everything that you think is important. We welcome you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be back, and it's always a pleasure to see you. Um, <clears throat> yes, I uh, my involvement in the Middle East uh, goes back even to childhood. Uh, I lived in Israel. For, oh, I was born in New York. But I lived in Israel for a while as a child. This was back in the early 1960s, which dates me a little bit, uh, before the Six-Day War, when it was still a very small, very poor third world country. Um, I went back for a year in college in Jerusalem. I, uh, that was in 1974, right after the Yom Kippur War of 1973. Uh, professionally within the State Department, um, uh, I worked uh, um, uh, in the uh, Intelligence uh, Bureau of the State Department on uh, Middle Eastern issues, particularly Iraq. I was very much involved in in uh, the 2010s on, on uh, work in Iraq. Uh, I worked in um, uh, on the Sinai Peacekeeping Force uh, for a year. Um, got to know every conceivable type of desert, but also along the border and uh, the road along the uh, that parallels the Gaza Strip. I drove every week when I was there for a year. Um, I, um, uh, I worked in the, uh, Gulf region, uh, two assignments. So one, uh, uh, as the state department advisor to the fifth fleet, which is, uh, the 
uh, one of which is CENTCOM's uh, uh, fleet in the uh, Persian Gulf and Arabian Sea. Um, I was um, also uh, at, in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates at the time. This is in the late 1990s when the very first quiet uh, um, contacts between uh, the UAE and Israel, which eventually blossomed into the um, uh, into the Abraham Accords in the Trump administration. Uh, when those very first contacts were taking place, I was aware of those. I was involved in that, including through personal friends. Um, my personal involvement with Israel goes beyond just the professional. Uh, to be perfectly candid about it, um, I have lifelong friends there going back to childhood, including people that I grew up with uh, in the United States who emigrated to Israel, but also Israelis I've known since childhood. Uh, we have close family there. Uh, when we hear about uh, the rockets landing on various uh, cities in towns in central Israel, um, that's where our friends and relatives live. We visit Israel fairly frequently as a family. Um, when we do, we, uh, we stay with our relatives. We don't uh, stay in hotels, actually. One of these days, I'd really like to see it as a tourist, <laughs> as, as you did when you were there, because um, uh, I always uh, say when... Um, you know, we say we're visiting Israel and uh, people say, oh, how exciting. What did you see? And I say family. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I also uh, I, I also am quite familiar with the other side. As I said, I served for a year in Egypt. Um, we I, I do not personally have close Palestinian friends. I do know some Palestinians that I knew in the Gulf. Uh, or people in Gaza, but we actually have very close friends in Beirut also. And I have to say that when we see the possibility of a war uh, between Israel and Lebanon, if, if this should, God forbid, expand, um, uh, we will be thinking of our friends in Beirut also, not just our friends and relatives in Israel. So this is personal, but also professionally, I've studied the Middle East uh, really since uh, professionally since college. So that gives you a little background of why I can speak to this. Um, I follow the news like everyone else. I don't have special access now, but I do have a memory of, um, of working closely with the American military 10 years ago when I was in the Gulf, as I said, with the Fifth Fleet. And uh, some of what we see happening uh, in terms of the American support for Israel, the uh, movement of uh, now two aircraft carrier groups, which is a huge military deployment, uh, plus um, aircraft, plus a marine unit, um, plus others that may be deployed to the area. Um, I recognize, uh, and I will not go into great detail for obvious reasons, but I recognize the off-the-shelf plans that we were already making a decade ago, and that particularly yeah. since Israel moved into the CENTCOM area, this is the um, the area of responsibility in the American military for the Middle East. It had previously been uh, differently designated, but in the Trump administration, it moved into CENTCOM. Since then, the, um, the coordination, the cooperation, the, the joint practice, the integration of the American and Israeli forces has been uh, extraordinary. Uh, it is um, not an exaggeration, and it is not a rhetorical point to say that Israel is one of America's closest allies in the world not just in the Middle East, but in the world. So speaking about current events, um, 
there was an Israeli prime minister a few years ago who uh, famously uh, said to an American audience that uh, we share America's values. Unfortunately, we don't share America's neighborhood. Uh, Israel is in a very, very dangerous neighborhood. The Middle East is not uh, is not North America. Uh, as you know, um, just over, actually it is 10 days ago, uh, Israel uh, suffered uh, a huge blow uh, with what is being described sometimes as Israel's 9-11, but in some ways uh, it has an even greater impact. Um, it was uh, for uh, the United States, we're a country of 330 million, and we lost about 3,000 uh, people uh, in the 9-11 attacks, most of whom were killed all at once, uh, although, of course, there have been casualties since from the first responders who suffered from the, uh, from the toxic uh, environment after the explosions. Um, in Israel, uh, it's a country of just under 10 million. Uh, it is not the tiny third world country I once lived in. It is uh, at at approximately 10 million. It is the, at the low end, the equivalent low end of a of a middle sized European country. That's that's the equivalent population of Sweden or Hungary, to give you a, a sense of the size of the country. Um, but nonetheless, um, to lose uh, roughly 1,500 people uh, all at once uh, is a huge blow. Almost every family in Israel. If they didn't know somebody personally, they know somebody who knows somebody who was who was killed. Uh, you've seen pictures of the people who were killed. In some ways, it also illustrates what a diverse society Israel is, because it wasn't just Jews. It was Israeli Arabs. It was Filipinos who were working uh, uh, as nurses and, and uh, uh, hospital assistants. It was... Uh, a Thai agronomist who was studying agricultural methods and Thai workers. Uh, it was uh, Arab ambulance drivers um, and Arab uh, doctors who were rushing to try to help people uh, who were all murdered on that day. Uh, so the, the atrocity represents the fact that one of the things that unites the United States and Israel is that while we are different countries, one is much larger than the other. Uh, we are both modern democracies. We are both... Um, uh, diverse societies, um, and um, and that's one of the reasons why this is not just Israel that's being targeted. Uh, as far as where things stand right now, uh, Israel, um, of course, has a uh, not as as President Biden has put it, and he's been very blunt, and it has to be said, uh, talking as I do ev almost every day on the telephone with friends and relatives in Israel. We were very close contact with them. Um, uh, his words were very much appreciated in Israel. Uh, it was at uh, two in the afternoon uh, in the United States. That was 9 p.m. prime time in Israel that Biden made his statement. It was live. It was viewed by virtually everyone in the country. And I have to say that they deeply appreciated his understanding of, of what the impact of this was. Um, the... Um, and as he said, Israel has not just a right, but an obligation to defend itself against this kind of monstrosity. Um, it is not an exaggeration. You know, it, it, we, we, you and I have discussed uh, privately how rhetoric in the United States sometimes gets a little out of control. And people, particularly 
uh, on the left of the spectrum tend to use words like racist and fascist and Nazi and what have you, uh, a little bit uh, in a way that kind of cheapens it, it, it too, too often for people they simply disagree with. Uh, it is not an exaggeration to say that Hamas, the organization that staged this, are Nazis. They speak Arabic instead of German, but their basic ideology proclaimed in their founding charter and frequently repeated in public is the murder, not just of Israelis, the murder of every Jew on the planet. That is their objective. That is what they exist to do. Uh, Israel cannot tolerate that. And frankly, the United States and the world cannot tolerate that. It's another reason why Israelis are deeply appreciative. Not only that President Biden is going to be there tomorrow, but um, President Macron from France is flying to Israel. Uh, Prime Minister Sunak from, um, uh, from Great Britain is planning uh, to fly to Israel. Um, Europeans, the rest of the world is also recognizing what a threat this is. Uh, how will Israel deal with this? Okay. Um, like the United States, Israel is, as, as a modern democracy, is also going through a period, or was up until a week and a half ago, when it was deeply politically divided. And there was a lot of very nasty rhetoric from rest, left and right in Israel. Uh, it's a country um, where politics is discussed just as intensely, if not more so, than in the United States. That ended 10 days ago. Uh, the country now is, is united left to right in its determination that this organization can no longer be allowed to exist. Um, the difference, of course, um, and, and, and we are going to see a lot of, uh, you know, Israel is already bombing Gaza. Um, it has asked uh, civilians to leave the northern part of the, of the Gaza Strip in order, to, um, in, in order to clear the way for operations. There will be collateral damage. There will be civilian casualties. People will die, and it will be tragic. Um, objectives matter. Um, Israel's objective is not to kill or harm civilians. In fact, what they're doing is everything that is possible, given the limited um, uh, circumstances and the way that urban warfare uh, it takes place, they're doing everything possible to separate the population from Hamas at the same time that Hamas is desperately trying to keep the population as human shields, along with the hostages that they took. And again, this reflects the diversity of Israeli society. The hostages include American hostages, French hostages. Uh, there was one, there was a hostage video that was finally released today, um, and it was a French citizen. There are, um, there are other foreign hostages as well. Um, so the... Um, uh, you know, as one writer put it recently, and I think it was very good, the difference between war as tragedy and war as barbarism is that uh, the Israelis, like the United States, the Israeli military, just like the American military, has um, strict rules of conduct. Um, we do follow the laws of war, just like the Israelis do. In fact, when I was at CENTCOM, I recall um, uh, joint training that we did with the Israelis. Um, American military, Israeli military, um, legal experts on the laws of war and how we conduct what is referred to as just war theory. Um, and it is uh, parallel. It's, it was a genuine exchange of experiences between militaries that think the same way. So Israel will be uh, attacking. 
uh, in Gaza. The objective will be to eliminate um, uh, Hamas. The great concern that everyone has, the uh, Israelis, the United States, one of the reasons we sent the, the aircraft carriers, in addition to helping uh, in, in this uh, operation, but also why the president is going there, is we are deeply concerned that this war not spread. Um, there is a broader regional context to what's taking place. Uh, Israel, as you know, uh, through the Abraham Accords and the, and the Arab Gulf states, were building uh, a new structure of security and peace and prosperity in the region. Uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia were on the verge of mutual recognition and normalization. Uh, this was not because the Arabs in the Gulf suddenly woke up one morning and said, oh, we were wrong. The Jews are really nice people after all. It was because they, a new generation of young Arab leaders in the Gulf uh, region particularly are anxious to join the West and to join the prosperity of the West. And Israel is the Western, modern, prosperous country in the region. It is, again, you visited there. It is like the United States in that sense. I think one of the... Um, if I not to speak for other people, I think one of the reasons for the connection is so many American tourists visit Israel, uh, very often Christian tourists on, on pilgrimage, uh, and what they discover is not just the sources of the, the, the places that they learned about in the Bible, seeing it physically, but they also meet Israeli people and they realize they're like us. This is uh, a modern country, just like America with the same ambitions and the same outlook and the same way of, of living. Um, and, uh, and these are people who want to live in peace and prosperity. And the, progress, the, the Arab, uh, young Arab leaders who are signing agreements with Israel have the same ambitions for their people. Opposed to them is Iran. Um, Iran uh, is led, as you know, by a fanatical, fanatically anti-American uh, openly genocidal um, dictatorship. Um, it is aligned itself. It has aligned itself with uh, Russia uh, in the war in Ukraine. Uh, it's supplying Russia with weapons to, to fight Ukrainians and commit atrocities in Ukraine as well. This is not just in Israel. This has happened uh, with China, with North Korea. These are the countries that stand opposed to the idea of a prosperous, open. Uh, Middle East, and one where even though in the Arab countries democracy is still uh, a far-off ambition, someday it may even lead to that, but at least a Western-oriented prosperous region. Um, that's one of the reasons we're so concerned to keep this from, from expanding, because we know that there is great danger if, if, um, uh, if the Iranians decide that they're going to order uh, Lebanese Hezbollah, which is the organization they most closely control, to enter into the fighting as well. You, you, you look like so you have a right, question. You are so right about the way uh, the Israeli people and Israeli government works. Uh, it's a proof that they wanted so much to establish a good relationship with their neighbors. Uh, they even this year, this year, if I'm correct, they gave 20,000 visa, uh, work visa to those people who later on, they prove that being there 
in their country, they turned uh, their uh, arms against them. While they were there, they were uh, creating maps and all kind of things to make sure that when the invasion comes, they will know exactly. And it's said that the majority of the places that were targeted were people, uh, young people and families. Yeah. Well, as far as the, the targets, um, first, we know several hundred people uh, were at a music festival. The attack took place on what in Israel was a three uh, a three day holiday weekend. Um, it's um, as a, that, that's why there was a big music festival uh, in the area. It was not by any means the largest music festival in Israel that weekend because it was a three day weekend. Um, actually, the largest that was planned was for that evening in Tel Aviv, um, uh, Bruno Mars, which uh, I'm afraid I'm a little too old to know exactly who that is, but some of the audience will know. Uh, that was supposed to be, the, it got canceled at the last minute. Um, they, yes, they deliberately attacked the music festival. They shot um, people. Um, that's why I say the, the metaphor with Nazis, it, it's it's not even a metaphor. They are Nazis. This is what the Nazis did. Well, I, I will go a step further. And I will say it what somebody uh, said on, on television on both, you know, liberal and conservative. That person said they are worse than, than Nazi because Nazi killed Jewish but try really hard to hide their actions. Yes. The, these people, Hamas people, took their phone and they film their atrocious acts and they put on social media for everyone. They boast it. And they even right now try to put uh, those things. Of course, you hear people even in America or other, other places where they want to deny that, no, nothing like this happened. But we all had seen that. Yeah. No, you, you know, in uh, the Second World War, when the American troops um, uh, liberated um, uh, one of the Nazi death camps, uh, Buchenwald, uh, General Eisenhower went in person to see it and ordered that American military photographers and cameramen come and film and, and document what was there because he said, I don't want people a generation from now saying it never happened. There's proof that it happened. The Israelis are well aware of that. The Israeli um, uh, forensic uh, uh, center uh, is is not just working to identify all the bodies, because one of the reasons the casualty figures keep going up is they keep identifying new bodies as they find them. But uh, And many of the bodies are burnt beyond recognition, so they're doing this with DNA tests and, and so forth. Um, but they're also carefully documenting this, that, that can never be denied what happens. Are those information available to us on the Israeli um, website or something to send the, those people that will say it never happened to send them there? Can you? I provide? understand that the prime minister's website has uh, has a, a link to documentation of this. Okay. Um, no, this will this is being carefully documented so that it can never be denied. Yeah. And it includes, again, not to go into all the, the, the details, of the gruesome details of this, but in villages they would go into, fa they found families that had been tied with, with, um, with wire before being burned alive. Um, there's one couple uh, that they didn't actually get to, 
who were in hospital now uh, uh, gravely injured, which is one reason why some of the casualty figures will keep going up because people have severe injuries. They, um, they're burnt uh, severely on the backs and on the arms and on the legs and not on the front because they held each other together with their baby in between them to protect the baby. And that's, I mean, this is, it, it, the mind boggles at, at what happens. Um, again, there, there will be casualties on the, on, the, on the Palestinian side also. We will see pictures of, of children who died in bombings. It will happen. Um, the Israelis are doing everything possible to limit that. That's the whole point of getting people out of the area as much as they can. They know they're not going to get everyone out. They know that it creates a, a humanitarian crisis. They are working uh, to try to figure out how to provide for the people that have that have fled to the south. They know that Hamas is trying desperately to keep people from fleeing. Yes, um, but to use them like a human shield. Yeah, to use them. But let me ask you, Scott. I mm-hmm. heard that sixty thousand Israelis were misplaced because up on north. They have to to uh, uh, leave their their towns because there is a danger, and even they had. And you have so many people, de- de- um, you know, that they have to go all with all they have on their back. Where is the cry of people about you know humanitarian uh, help for Israel? Well. Uh... <laughs> that's a question. It's that's it's hard to answer. No, the, the, um, just as Gazans are being told to evacuate the area, the the Israelis have declared a, a closed military zone and evacuated all of the villages and towns around Gaza, and also in the north because there is a very real concern that his Lebanese Hezbollah will be involved, and uh, not to minimize uh, any of that, that the, the um, uh, Lebanese Hezbollah. Hamas is, is vicious, but it does not by itself have the power to destroy Israel. Hezbollah is a much larger, much more lethal, much more professional force with far better weaponry than Hamas has. Again, this is the reason why we um, have practiced with the Israelis and why the, there is this off-the-shelf um, uh, plan to coordinate with Israel. If Hezbollah gets involved, the United States will be participating, not necessarily with boots on the ground, but there are many other ways that we can participate to see to it, to, to try to minimize this, because we know that Hezbollah um, uh, is a modern military force, unlike Hamas. And, uh, yes, uh, and they want the death of all Jewish, but they also said many times that to America. Yeah, Hezbollah has... Uh, well, Hezbollah has attacked Americans in the past. Hezbollah uh, operates, um, uh, has a worldwide operation, including in Latin America. Uh, Hezbollah has um, attacked in Argentina, for example, before. Um, it's, um, uh, this is, um, as I said, not just uh, in Washington, but in European capitals. There is an understanding uh, that this is not just um, Israel. Uh, this is an attack on the West in general, uh, with Israel simply being the um, the tip of the spear, if you will, because it happens to be the Western country that's in the Middle East. So my question is, is next America? 
Um, obviously, we hope not, but it is quite possible and probably likely that there will be terrorist attacks in America. Uh, it doesn't take very many people. As they said, 9-11 was uh, 19 known, maybe 20 um, uh, terrorists. That's not a whole lot. Um, we know that there are um, hundreds of thousands, well, there are actually millions of undocumented people in the United States, especially the, the 8 million plus who've entered in the United States in just the last two years through the southern border. Uh, we have no idea who many of these people are. We do know that uh, even um, when people have um, been uh, encountered at the border, that there's a, a large number of people who've come not just from South America and Central America, but also from countries throughout the world, including in the Middle East. Um, and we have no idea who the people, the so-called gotaways are, the ones that we don't uh, have not encountered. So it defies reason to suggest that there are not cells of Hezbollah uh, in the United States. Um, Iran um, refers to Israel as the little Satan, but it refers to America as the great Satan. Uh, we are their primary objective. Israel is the country which is our closest ally, which stands in the way. Um, so yes, um, there is a danger. Um, and uh, as they always say with terrorism, unfortunately, um, you know, we have to be right all the time uh, in catching people. They only have to be successful once to yeah. cause a great deal of, of, of damage. So, yes, unfortunately, that is a, a problem. Talking about this, we are grateful for what the American government is doing. We hope they will continue to stay strong and support Israel and the, the entire civilization. And uh, But for us individuals, mm -hmm. what can we do during this time? Well, first of all, um, staying informed and informing others and letting people know um, what is taking place and that, um, uh, and, and uh, keeping alive the memory of, of what happened. Um, in terms of actual, um, contributions, um, I, I don't have any connection with any particular charity or what have you. Oh, I know well, that I have to tell you that Fox News, I'm not aware of anyone, but Fox News, I believe yes. right after October 7, they put on their screen and they talk all the time that yes. you can donate uh, to a specific place yes. there. Yes. And they share it online and is for Israeli people. So, yeah. but I, so I know I would, I would there that might be others. Yeah. What comes to mind immediately, um, uh, and again, I don't have, I can send you the, the websites later if you wish. Um, Fox News has uh, made a, a $1 million contribution to the uh, UJA, the United Jewish Appeal, which is uh, the American Jewish uh, version of, um, of the United Way. Uh, it is, uh, it is a, an umbrella organization that covers a wide variety of charities. Uh, and I know that, that uh, every evening on Fox News, they, they have uh, at the bottom of the screen how you can make uh, contributions to the Israel Emergency Fund of the UJA. Uh, more specifically, um, the uh, Israeli version of the Red Cross uh, is, uh, in Hebrew, it's called Magen David Adom, uh, the Red uh, Star of David, or MDA. 
there is an organization. It is a tax-deductible charitable organization, United States American Friends of the MDA. Uh, and there's a website for American Friends of the MDA. Um, uh, they um, Contributions to them go to purchase ambulances, medical supplies, um, other supplies that are going to be needed uh, to uh, deal with casualties in Israel uh, and, and assist uh, with medicine and, and other medical supplies. Um, for people who want to make a contribution, of course, it's, you, you, you don't, you, there's no need to, and it wouldn't be legal to make lethal contributions to the Israeli forces. But there is a parallel organization called American Friends of the IDF. Um, and um, that also is a charitable organization because they provide not lethal aid, but they provide um, uh, comfort aid, if you will, to soldiers in the Israeli armed forces. Um, uh, things like, um, um, uh, you know, uh, extra clothing, extra um, uh, supplies for, if you will, I wouldn't, entertainment's not the right word for it, but recreation, what have you. Things that, that non-lethal assistance that helps with morale. Uh, that's American Friends of the IDF. So those are the three the organizations that immediately come to mind. There are others um, that, um, that have specific missions. But um, I would say, um, if not the UJA, then, then certainly, especially if you want to help directly, um, uh, American Friends of the MDA, the Magandavida Dome, uh, which is uh, it's, it's an easy website to get to, and it is an American registered charitable website. That's great. I uh, I hope that everybody took notes. If not, they will uh, and go there and donate. I will also say we also pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's what the Bible tells us. And we also, um, I will also invite people to check on their Jewish people. Just to let them know that they are praying if they ask for help or something. Uh, under those uh, situations, many of them, instead of letting their own kids to drive the car to school, they prefer to drive them to school. So if parents don't have time or they're at work, make sure that if you have time, you can drive them, you can pick them up and show them love. That, that's all. And and I know that there are many other other ways to help, but as we go through all this situation, we will learn the best way to show love, to show understanding. And like you said, never stop uh, sharing the truth because uh, we already have seen some fake news, but I, uh, I assume that those fake news will come even more, uh, you know, available as uh, the attack on Gaza will, uh, will, will come to, to destroy this, this evil. So anything else that you want to uh, share with our audience? Uh, I think that, um, I think that pretty much covers it. It's, uh, it's true. Uh, anyone reaching out is, is, it's always very much appreciated. Of course, for us in, in America, we're, um, you know, we're, we're safe here, obviously. This is, this is our country too. Um, uh, but, um, but I, I will say that, that hearing from friends, um, just expressions of concern, uh, is, is, is welcome. Many American Jews like myself do have, um, uh, connect, uh, personal connections, family or friends in Israel. Uh, and, uh, we are, uh, deeply concerned for them. And, 
they also have appreciated just our reaching out to them and being in, in regular touch with them. Uh, for um, for average Israelis right now, this is this is a difficult time. Uh, calling up in a country of of less than ten million people, calling up four hundred thousand uh, reservists into the army means that much of the country is shut down at the moment. Uh, for um, uh, the Hamas rockets uh, reach much of central Israel. Uh, Hezbollah rockets could reach all of Israel, uh, unfortunately, if, if God forbid they should get involved. Um, I, I was uh, talking with uh, one old friend of mine. Um, actually, interestingly enough, I met him in Romania. He was uh, the Israeli uh, airline um, representative at Otapen Airport when, when, uh, back when we were there. Uh, we've stayed very close friends uh, since then. Um, and, um, you know, as he said, he's, he's, um, he's my age, so he, it's tempting to stay at home, but he said he doesn't want to. He will go out walking the dog, but he has to keep um, an eye on where the air raid shelters are because when the alarm goes off, you've got uh, basically a minute to dash into the nearest air raid shelter. Even Secretary of State Blinken had to run into an air raid shelter the other day. Yes. Um, we hope that uh, the president's visit goes without him having to dash into an air raid shelter. But um, uh, it's, um, it's, a very, uh, it's, it's a very hard experience just living in a country at war. But the one thing that, that this has done... Um, even more than 9-11 did in the United States, and I think even more lastingly, is it, it, it was a wake-up call for everyone in the country. All of the political arguments have been put on, on hold. They will come back. Um, have no doubt about it. Uh, when, when there were arguments, and, and you would see in the American press, some, someone would say, oh, there's a danger to Israeli democracy. I always said, you've got to be kidding me. This is a country, under normal circumstances, um, famously, where public opinion polls consistently come up with 0% in the column for no opinion. Uh, it is a country that is wildly um, open and free and democratic. And But all those debates have been put to the side right now. There is almost full national unanimity that they cannot tolerate the existence of an organization dedicated to the murder of everyone in the country. Uh, and it is, and again, it's not even just Jewish Israelis, Arab Israelis also, by and large. There, there will be exceptions. There will be uh, a few who will demonstrate and, and what have you. But even most Arab Israelis have also said, this is our country too, and we are going to defend it against this evil. Uh, and, um, and they have been deeply appreciative, I have to say, um, uh, Politically, I'm not a great fan of President Biden, um, but I have to say I have really been impressed talking to my friends and family in Israel, how deeply they appreciate the fact that he has made it absolutely clear. And I think that this has also been a wake up call for people in America, that this is not uh, a question of degree or uh, should we or shouldn't we. This is good versus evil. Uh, and um, the people and it's it's not um, rocket science to say the people who chop heads off babies are the bad guys. That is what evil looks like, and um, uh, and I know that uh, Israel and um, and and the United States and our other allies, the British have also the Royal Navy sent a ship to to support. 
um, we will eventually triumph over evil. Yes, and I, I believe like uh, uh, it says all over places, you know, in Israel and, um, you know, the primary uh, minister said they started the war. Israel didn't look for this war, but they will finish. And we also believe that God who created Israel people who gave them that land will fight for them. The Bible says that um, Jewish people are the apple of his eyes. They are chosen people. So to me, it looks like these people, Hamas and Iran and others, are fighting first with God and second with Israeli people because they are God's people. And there is no way for them to win. That is my my conviction. That's what I believe, and that's what I uh, I ask God to do it. To uh, He's the um, King of Kings, a Lord of Lords. He is above all the nations, and He is a just God. He doesn't like violence. And if the Hamas believe that and they brag about what they did. They should be very aware of what is coming. We don't know when, but it's coming. We believe that the God of Jacob, Joseph, Daniel, David, is the God of justice, and he will apply that justice. So we are praying for you. We are praying for people of Israel, and we are grateful uh, and confident that God will show all of us his justice. Thank Thank you so so very much, Scott, again, for coming to our podcast. We hope to bring you back, uh, and we hope when we bring you back, it's going to be peace. Everything is going to be resolved. But until next time, I just want to thank you so much. If I may, just one parting thought when what you were saying reminds me, um, uh, and um, unfortunately, it's in Hebrew, so uh, not everyone would understand when I was a child in Israel, there was a very popular song. Uh, it uh, it's, it dates back to the 1950s. It's called in Hebrew, Machar, uh, meaning tomorrow. And what I loved about it as a child, and I still was listening to it today, it promises that, when, that there will be peace. And the closing words of the song are, this is um, as sure as the sunshine of noon, and it will happen today, and if it happens, and not if not to today, then tomorrow, and if not tomorrow, then the day after. But it will happen. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I want to share with you. I don't know if you know, but in Romania, under under socialists and communists, and I believe even now, uh, we use the anthem of uh, of Israel as a Christian song. And on that song, we said, Lord, you are with us in trouble. And we are always winning as we remain under your wings. It's something similar to Psalm 91. So this is our prayer for Israel, for people in, in uh, all over the world, Jewish people. They are God's creation. Hamas are God's creation, but they have to turn to God. They, they just cannot do horrible things. God doesn't like violence. But until next time, we just want to thank you so very much for coming here. 
and we hope and pray and wait for the Lord uh, how to guide uh, the government and how to guide everybody around so the victory will show up. If not, like you said, today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, but it will show up. Thank you so very much again. Thank you. want to know more about Virginia Prodan, her coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com.